Welcome guys to the ROI of Yoga, the 12th episode of this podcast which aims to shed light into the benefits of yoga. If you're going to be investing your time and money, you want to know what you can expect from it. And uh, while there are a lot of bogus claims around yoga, I still believe that uh, there are many benefits that can come out of it. And that's what we discuss in this podcast. Today's topic, it's, uh, I think, uh, one that a lot of people will be able to relate to because not only everybody does that, uh, which is sleep, but uh, I think everybody understands uh, its importance in terms of uh, how they get on with the rest of their day. So today's topic will be about how we can improve the quality of our sleep or if we can improve the quality of our sleep through a yoga practice. I think uh, the obvious answer would be yes, and uh, I'm not going to argue against that. But what I'm hoping to do in today's episode is to go a little bit more into detail in terms of how this can be achieved. The reality is that this topic is quite broad. There are many books being written on how to improve the quality of the sleep. Uh, there is a lot of um, evidence in terms of, of how the hygiene of uh, our sleeping um, situation can affect uh, the quality of the sleep and uh, somehow all of this can be linked with yoga but I want to stay more in terms of uh, the breathing and the physical practice of yoga so the for example the temperature of your uh, sleeping room will make an effect in terms of uh, your quality of your sleep or potentially the times that uh, you eat during the day will have a big effect on your sleep. I like to use all of these external parameters, external outside yoga, let's say, uh, to help uh, clients of mine improve the quality of the sleep. I have found that I probably don't know of one client of mine that at some point they didn't complain with poor sleeping quality. And in some cases, uh, it was due to external parameters, such as uh, their children were waking up because they were very young, uh, or their work uh, kept them up during the night, uh, or it was because of, let's say, more internal parameters, and it was uh, of things that they were doing to themselves and to their lifestyle. The reality is that we can all be guilty of uh, overlooking some of the things that we know will work for in, a, in our favor towards having good quality of sleep and uh, this cannot be overlooked. So while I will be giving you a lot of information today and hopefully some of them will be very useful for you, so I encourage you to take notes, I want you to remember that uh, this will be useful for you to the extent that you apply. I have found in the past uh, that uh, I had to repeat to clients multiple times uh, one change before it was adopted consistently. And the consistently is the key phrase here. If it's not done on a regular basis, the body will not make the necessary adaptations so that uh, it can improve the quality of the sleep. I'll give you one example which I think uh, a few of you will be able to relate. One of the key things that I would discuss uh, 
with someone when they ask for my help uh, with uh, improving their sleep uh, is uh, the role of uh, circadian rhythm. The circadian rhythm is basically the cycle through which the body goes through during the day and the night to regulate different functions of the body. So without wanting to get too technical into all of this, you know that uh, during the day you have to have your eyes open. So that's why there is a more higher activation of the sympathetic nervous system, which uh, will keep the pupils of the eyes open. Alongside, uh, there will be more production of, of uh, um, androgens, uh, hormones that uh, are produced by the adrenals, uh, including like uh, epinephrine and norepinephrine, to help us deal with the different uh, uh, challenges that the day offers. At night, uh, the body needs to shift gears and do more restorative work. For example, the repair of a lot of tissue takes place at night, which is why we have a higher production of growth hormone during the night. Now, in order for growth hormone to be produced, we needed to be able to have uh, a certain quality of sleep. And the better quality of sleep probably means better growth hormone, but there are other things that uh, we have found that can affect that, such as, uh, for example, breathing uh, nasally has been shown in kids to improve their growth hormone and uh, for them it's not just to repair any damaged tissue but also to help them grow with that in mind uh, we see that we are dealing with a complex of uh, um, activities that affect the quality of the sleep but ultimately the call the good sleep is basically a marker of our circadian rhythm working well so circadian rhythm one more time is uh, this pattern of uh, that we go through every day that allows us to deal with the things that we usually have to have to deal during the day and uh, deal and take care of the things that we have to take care of during the night to help uh, us uh, control this uh, uh, wave of activities and uh, this wave of hormones uh, some of them increase during the night, as I've discussed, such as uh, a growth hormone or melatonin, and uh, some have to increase during the day, such as uh, cortisol. Uh, we need to look into what activities support uh, these uh, hormones in order to be produced, and uh, some of them actually affect each other. So, for example, cortisol, uh, when it's elevated, it suppresses the production of melatonin. But when it's uh, reduced, uh, it allows melatonin to increase. And uh, melatonin is, uh, among other things, apart from being an, uh, an antioxidant, it has, I have seen it in research being referenced to be four times more potent than uh, glutathione, another uh, popular uh, antioxidant and very useful, um, will be increasing when cortisol is reduced. Now, Let's look at the, how we can improve uh, the quality of our sleep uh, with uh, yoga. Keeping all of that in mind. It helps, I think, if we start thinking of uh, the quality of the sleep uh, belonging to uh, having three phases. We have uh, the part of the sleep that is uh, prior to us losing our senses and uh, moving into the different phases of sleep. We have uh, the um, part that we are unconscious and we have the post-sleep phase. And uh, 
the reality is that while during sleep we can affect some of the things and I will briefly speak about them it is not really under the control of yoga which requires a lot more conscious activities to improve that part of the of the of the sleep but yoga can support a lot better pre-sleep phase and post-sleep phase now, I want to tell you this, that uh, there are yogis that uh, are consciously controlling what they dream of. This is something that has been told to me. It's not something that I have managed to do myself. But uh, if you're familiar with lucid, lucid dreaming, that's partly what the people that lucid dream are trying to achieve. They try to be in a, a half-conscious state, uh, half asleep, but at the same time, try to control a little bit uh, their mind uh, at this stage. Now, of course, uh, if someone wakes up in the middle of the night, there are a couple of different techniques that uh, can be learned during yoga, such as going into Sivasana and doing breathing exercises. But uh, I would still believe that this belong into the pre or post sleeping phase and not into the sleeping phase. So some of the uh, things that we will uh, cover about the pre and post sleeping phases can potentially be applied if someone wakes up in the middle of the night. Let's look at the, uh, what goes on prior to sleep. Prior to sleep is the, the phase where we need to prepare our body for sleep. So in this sense, uh, um, any restorative practice uh, will be useful. But uh, ultimately, the restorative practice sometimes can be interpreted of having to do one hour of uh, yin or restorative yoga. I find that uh, it is best uh, to not do during that phase. If uh, not doing makes you feel bad, maybe you want to start with practicing yin yoga. But uh, um, if uh, you are comfortable with uh, not doing and just uh, meditating Meditation, again, can be one action or uh, just uh, allowing uh, the body to relax. I think that can be very, very beneficial. Remember that ultimately what we do during the entire day is going from one task to the other. No matter how organized you are, chances are that you have to complete a certain number of tasks during the day. Adding one more task just before you fall asleep might be what will ultimately keep you going and uh, prevent you from really having a good quality sleep. Instead, if you are just going to browse through some magazine or a book, um, it will probably be the best thing to do, for catching up with your partner or ultimately letting anything that relaxes you be part of your day. I know that people that read books, I've told once, have, I have to say uh, one of my clients uh, to read uh, before she goes to bed uh, and she told me that she's not, it's not working. Yet when I asked her what she's reading, she told me she's re reading the newspaper. So you need to appreciate a little bit about what ultimately you enjoy, but ult what ultimately will have a calming effect if you decide to go down the path of putting something in. With yoga, we have the ability to do calming exercises. I will give you a few examples, although there are many exercises that have a calming effect and it would be like um, not particularly useful, I think, to exhaust all the exercises. 
but all the exercises that uh, prolong the exhalation or increase the ratio, I should say, of inhalation to exhalation will be beneficial. Also, any exercises that uh, require, um, involve box breathing and uh, don't push us towards uh, the limit of our respiratory capacity. So go are moderately in hypercapnia or in no hypercapnia at all, but still provide some rhythm into our breathing cycle will also be useful. And uh, finally, meditation. Meditation a lot of the times does regulate our breath. Of course, some people will be practicing meditation without paying attention to their breath can also support uh, a good night's sleep. This is quite a common time that people will want to meditate um, just before going to bed. I have to say that I know of students that uh, they like to practice some easy for them inversions such as headstand to put themselves before they go to bed. And I think the reason why headstands would potentially be useful for some people, not if you're learning them at the moment, but if you're comfortable with them is because as you may have heard me saying before, inversions encourage much slower and deep breathing. So if someone comes out of an inversion, chances are that they will be going into a deeper shivasana. But if they're going to bed, they will be going into a deeper and more um, or quicker um, into a good sleep. Now, with that in mind, we want to think equally of what happens after uh, we wake up. Uh, for a lot of people, the challenge is to get out of bed. And in the same way that we want to nurture and support uh, the nervous system prior to getting into to sleep, we want to challenge the nervous system so we can encourage this increase of cortisol that ideally naturally happens first thing in the morning. Now, this can be, take place with a lot of activities that have nothing to do with yoga. So, for example, um, doing something that is inspiring. I would argue anything that is inspiring to you and uh, you see it as a challenge for your life will be a good thing to set the first thing in the morning, not delayed for much later in the day, but start doing it as soon as you wake up. This will get you out of bed. But uh, you can also be practicing some um, uh, practice, some uh, uh, yoga practice, which uh, you find that is uh, necessary and beneficial to you. It can be from gentle stretches to a more vigorous practice. A lot of practices are um, encouraged to be done first thing in the morning. I believe Astanga is traditionally be done early in the morning, but ultimately nothing prevents you from doing your own practice first thing in the morning. Uh, I would say that uh, doing that will have not only benefits in terms of improving the, your circadian rhythm, but also it will have an amplified effect in terms of uh, how you get on with uh, your day and uh, potentially your flexibility and breathing. Why do I say that? So the body is, uh, in some people, a little bit slower in terms of kicking into gear. Yet, uh, if we start uh, doing something earlier in the day, it will start uh, moving towards uh, that direction a lot sooner. Let's look at an example. Let's say that someone stretches a lot or do, does perform some flexibility work around their ankle and the legs and uh, the fascia of their feet. If he does it uh, at uh, five o'clock in the afternoon, obviously at, until he goes to, to bed uh, for whatever five to seven hours it is left, uh, 
he will have uh, more flexible legs and, and feet. So he will be walking differently. But if the same individual does that uh, first thing in the morning, when potentially he is more stiff, he will be having many more hours to actually operate with a body that is more flexible. So as a result, gradually he will get into a more, he will mold, let's say himself into a more flexible body. Same thing can happen with breath work. So if someone breathes in a certain way, first thing in the morning, because he performs a breathing exercise, he is setting up a pattern of breathing that will carry and stay with him for the rest of, of the day. Having said all of that, it is important to have uh, um, some, to perform something that is meaningful to you and uh, it is inspiring to you. I know a lot of people will perform some cold showers first thing in the morning. That's something I, I've done in the past. If you see a meaning into that, if you do that because you want to, to improve your immune system, if you want to do that because it will make you feel tougher, if you feel that because, you know, you think that this is a, 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 a habit that uh, will make you feel special, do it. But you need to feel something about it. You need to see a meaning in it. The, the action itself is not necessarily going to have much of an impact if you don't see a meaning in it. And uh, uh, of course, we need also to be careful, especially with uh, these activities that are challenging, uh, that are very challenging, I should say, that uh, we are able to, 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 we are ready to deal with. So for example, if your um, goal is to improve your tolerance to cold, yet one day you feel a little bit under the weather, that might not be the day to go and tick the box of having a cold sour. You need to back off. Same thing, like if, for example, you want to do some deep stretching first thing in the morning, but on that day you have like, you feel that you have uh, sore legs or you have uh, potentially carrying an injury from the previous day, that was not the day, that would probably not be a good day to push yourself to the limit of your flexibility. I hope that makes sense and, uh, you know, sense is something that uh, we all have but usually we slips our mind at times and as a result we have to pay the price so as a recap how can yoga support us uh, for better sleep clearly it can help us with breathing it can help us with breathing in terms of uh, calming the body and this would be more appropriate later in the day i gave a few examples it can help us with waking up the body and this can be done first thing in the morning a few examples will be doing pushing ourselves towards deeper hypercapnia, but also, and this can be done with some breath holds, but also hypoxia would also work for someone that wants to work towards, um, to work with hypoxia, the second pillar of breath work. But uh, the asana practice is also very um, useful. And uh, I would say that uh, the asana practice is uh, something that can also be used intelligently to help us uh, put our body into sleep as well as wake up wake us up the next day don't underestimate uh, the importance of uh, what you do first thing in the morning a lot of people naturally think that they need to do something before bed but uh, they will not uh, consider so much what happens the next morning but in my experience it is as important and as i've said in the beginning of this podcast very important whatever you do to be done on a consistent basis 
if your circadian rhythm is out of sync now, it is out of sync for a reason and has been out of sync potentially for some time. If you want to kick back into gear, you need to start uh, creating these new habits consistently, executing them consistently, so that uh, you train your body, your endocrine system to be producing hormones based on your new lifestyle habits. And this would be very beneficial for you. And uh, after a while, you will be able to get uh, into a, a better sleeping pattern. I didn't speak uh, uh, in this uh, episode about uh, nutrition. Uh, I don't know if everybody knows that I'm, uh, I've been working as a nutritional therapy for uh, a long time. And uh, nutrition is usually the first thing that I speak about when it comes to uh, applying some um, changes towards supporting uh, sleep. Clearly, we are, at least to some extent, what we eat. What we eat and when we eat it uh, will have an impact uh, into how, what hormones we produce, when we produce the hormones, uh, obviously it has an impact into how stressed or relaxed we are and uh, ultimately how well we sleep. So this potentially will be something for you to also uh, consider and uh, we can be covering it in a future episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Obviously, I did give a lot of uh, information. It is not obviously tailored to a specific person because everybody will be practicing yoga for uh, in a different time of the day for different reasons and a lot of these things are about a, a matter of being tailored to the individual and his lifestyle imagine someone that uh, is usually woken up because of uh, her kids uh, having to uh, wake up very early for school or even if they're much younger they will wake her up in the middle of the night that's not uh, how to use uh, you, uh, the, 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 what I covered uh, at the moment is not how she will be able to relate. However, yoga nonetheless will also be able to support uh, uh, her sleep. But uh, in her case, uh, it will be more to do with uh, improving any naps that she has to take during the day. Because for obvious reasons, the sleeping between uh, 10 and uh, 7 o'clock is not going to be an option for her for a few months. So in her case, again, yoga can be used, but uh, she needs to tailor it to her current situation. Hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to share this episode if you found some of the information useful. And as always, I'm looking forward to receiving your comments uh, through DMs on Instagram or emails on my website. Thank you very much for listening and I will see you in the next episode.